What's going on? This is Edgar otra vez, and welcome to another episode of the Flow Row Podcast. Now, today on the show, I have a special guest. His name is Chris Jakubiak. He is an entrepreneur and jujitsu black belt. He owns a few businesses. One is Hustle Fitness, where he does some personal training and helps people reach their fitness goals. He also co-owns a jujitsu academy by the name of Molinero Jiu-Jitsu out in Chicago. For those of you who are new to the show, make sure you check out our website, theflowrowpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes, but also a store and information about us. So make sure you go check it out when you get a chance for more jiu-jitsu content. So Chris just recently got his jiu-jitsu black belt a few months back, and I've been dying to have him on. I just want to talk about the experience, man. Well, I lived through Chris vicariously until I actually get my own black belt. But until then, I get to talk to him and find out what the path looks like for him. We had a great chat. I hope you liked this episode. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Welcome to another episode of the Flow Road Podcast. This is Edgar Otra Vez. And today on the show, I have brand new black belt, Chris Chikubiak, also owner of Hustle Fitness and partial owner of Molinaro Jiu-Jitsu. Is that correct? That's yeah. correct. Yeah. Cool. No, man. Thanks for coming on. And uh, I just wanted to congratulate you on your uh, black belt, man. Oh, thank you. How's it feel, man? Uh, it was, uh, it feels a little surreal. Like it, you know, I've been training for, uh, about 12 years. So to some degree it was kind of expected, but even just getting it the day of, it was just like a huge surprise in some ways. Mm. Just like it felt uh, very surreal. And I wore the belt for a few days straight after that. Yeah. I didn't take it off. <laughs> with the bed with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Took a shower with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's, that's totally what I would do. <laughs> Uh-huh. I saw uh, Conor McGregor did kind of the same thing. Oh, yeah. It's cool that, you know, like a, a, a pretty famous fighter did the same thing, getting his black belt. So, yeah, but it's uh, definitely definitely an honor. Yeah, and it's cool to cool to kind of be in that, that club now. Nice, dude. Oh, dude, like 12 years. It's a long time. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I started in 2011. Mm. I did some no-gi before that, but yeah, I started gi in 2011 and then kind of never looked back. Nice. So, I mean, uh, you hopped around a little bit, but you're a black belt owner under Molinero? Yeah, Alex Molinero. Yeah, so hopped around a bit, and then we opened the school with Alex, myself, and then my partner Kim opened up the school in May. But I'd been training with Alex since 2016, 2017. Oh, okay. So you guys have been, you guys known each other for a long time now. Yeah, we've known each other for a while. Um, you know, that was training over at the Carlson HQ, hmm. and that's kind of where I met Alex when I believe he was like 20 or 21. Oh, he's a young guy then. He's, yeah, he's 26 or 27 now. What? Uh, (laughs) He's got his whole fucking life ahead of him. I know, I know. Fuck. Um, So jealous. But yeah, yeah, so I met him then, started training with him, and yeah, I mean, I just liked his style. I liked, uh, you know, him hanging out with him and, like, being on the mats with him. He's always really encouraging and just, like, you know, just loved jujitsu, and Mm. I was kind of drawn to that. Yeah, so then kind of primarily started training with him after cool so you opened up in may uh yeah we had our grand opening in may so yeah we uh i think we unofficially opened in like march oh okay march or april so yeah we've been it's right around six months we're doing pretty well yeah we're getting uh getting a lot of new students and uh we alex just took a crew of um i think like five or six students to uh kansas city Mm. 
and they placed third as a team and no gi. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just how many people? Five or six? uh, Yeah, I think there were like five or six. Mm -hmm. And then we had just, I think, three or four no gi competitors. And we got, yeah, third place. That's amazing that you could do that. I didn't know you could do that with five or six guys. So is it a percentage or? Yeah, it's all uh, it's all kind of based on points. And like uh, we had. We had one woman, uh, Rana, who she had four gold medals. She got, <laughs> she got gold in her uh, her weight, both her weight class in gi and no gi, and then and then took gold in the open class as well. So it was a lot of points for our team. Yeah, we had a lot of other great competitors there too. Gi, Jeff, Alex competed again, mm. and it's been I don't think he's competed in roughly a year, at least since the school has been open. So mm. um, I know he was excited to get back out there. That's that's. Uh- Always nice to see because, like, that was one of the things that attracted me to originally to the, the first school I went to uh, mm-hmm. over at Viana's. Yeah. I saw that Pedro Viana was, yeah, like constantly training or mm-hmm. uh, actually competing, teaching and, it, and competing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember like looking them up. Like, I was just looking at schools and you know how they post the IBGF, the winners and stuff. So yeah. I, I, you know, I was poking around in there looking to see who won. And I said, hey, man, I saw this name before. Uh huh. And, and then I went and looked at the, at his school. And I'm like, oh, that guy has his name on the door and he's, you know, first place on this, you know, IBGGF uh-huh. thing, you know? And I was like, what? So then like I poked around a little bit more and I asked. And so I figured I'd go there. Um, I had already made a con- like contact with him mm-hmm. at, at like a MMA fight, which is kind of like a long story in itself. But yeah. So then I already kind of had an idea of like who he was. Yeah. And so, yeah, but like seeing his name in the winner's column on the, on the charts where they like post all the winners. That was, that. that's kind of like extra icing yeah. on the cake for you. Yeah, for sure. That sealed mm-hmm. the deal. And I was like, oh man, I got to go learn from that guy. So that that's why it's, it's good for Molinaro to be as, as young as he is to yeah. con- continue to compete. Cause then that's probably going to attract students as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I, it's funny. The first IBGGF tournament that I did as a white belt, Pedro was there and I saw him compete. Oh yeah. He, he got first place. So it might've been the same tournament, but, um, yeah, it's it's cool seeing instructors, you know, kind of lead from the front like that and mm-hmm. kind of it's a lot of work. I mean, running a school is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's just taking time out to compete, be there for your students. And yeah, it's cool to it's cool to see. Yeah. And don't take this as any kind of judgment because I'm I'm not because I, I rarely compete myself. But do you see yourself competing anytime soon or is hustle going to keep you real busy? Because I know you own uh, this other gym. Yeah. And so do yes. you even have time for that kind of stuff? Uh, I would say, so I have, yeah, I have, uh, I have hustle Lincoln park and hustle Willowbrook and then, you know, kind of helping out with some things on the back end of Molinaro jujitsu. And I would say the bigger thing that takes up more of my time are my two girls. I've got Reese who's four and a half and then Rhea who's one and a half. So between all that, I don't, I don't necessarily see myself competing for a little while. Yeah. I hear you. Um, but yeah, I, I miss it. You know, I might get back into it. Right now, I'm training like I'd say two to three times a week. Mm-hmm. Train jujitsu two to three times a week. But you know, I I do want to get back into it. Um, Reese started taking classes recently mm-hmm. over at uh, Living Art with uh, Coach Ramsey's. So um, we're actually going to be heading there today, I believe. So nice. Might see you over there. Yeah, I'll be there tonight, uh, rolling around. If you uh, if you're going to take a adults class. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably come back after. So. That's, um, that's cool of you too, to like, you have your own gym and yeah. you're willing to come in and train at somebody else's gym. Well, yeah. I, and I think it's always one, it's always good to support other people, but you know, also it's, you know, they're supporting me and my, 
my jujitsu journey and continuing to learn too. Mm-hmm. It's like, I feel like even at black belt, it's like, you're just restarting at white belt essentially. And yeah. So, I mean, I try to learn stuff from, from everybody on the mat, you know, not just the black belts, the instructors, but just everybody. Yeah. I'm happy you're there too, man. Cause it's nice to have Thanks. another black belt with another yeah. look, another way of doing things. Uh-huh. So like, uh, I, I was like, Yes, another black belt here. Because <laughs> we already have two black belts and we have some brown belts yeah. that show up here and there. Uh-huh. And so I rolled with Jim, who's the other owner over at uh, Living Art. And you're rolling and, you know, sometimes you roll with different people. You roll with purple belt, blue belt, brown belt, whatever. But when you roll with a black belt, it's just like, hmm, yeah, no, this is, he's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so like, I, I, you know, I don't roll with Jim too often. Sometimes I just don't see him. Um, that I think that's mostly the issue. But like, I rolled with him in for the first time in a while uh, this Saturday, and yeah, he just he just did things so tight. Mm-hmm. Everything was so tight. Like really, he was really good at. Like, he would just like pass my guard or whatever. And I learned from rolling with him. Yeah. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I was just like, man, this is. I thought I made it to a level, and it's yeah. nice to have a black belt around to like knock you down (laughs) so you you realize oh okay this is how much further i need to go yeah you know Uh so it's always it was always nice to have another black belt but i'm glad you're here man i'm glad i'm glad to see you at the gym it's nice to roll with you too and yeah that's that's been fun you're really only going to live in art because it's close to you here in the in the area because you live not too far from willowbrook yeah i'm in uh i'm right in dairy and so yeah it's like a 10 minute 10 minute ride for me um initially i was wanting to get you know reese involved and we saw it was right there and ramsey's great with kids um, he, he really is he's really good with kids yeah yeah so that was kind of it and then you know i wanted to to come and train as well and it's funny uh, alex and ramsey's are are good friends oh and uh, i had never met ramsey's uh prior to this and but like kind of knew him just from, from different, you know, jujitsu circles and stuff. So yeah, it was cool to, to meet him and kind of get to know him now. That's another good like measure of a, of a good instructor is just like, he knows people yeah, and, and nobody by of mouths the yeah. guy, you know, they, they have good things to say. About they have nothing yeah. but good uh-huh. things to say about the guy where it gets around, but that's, that's how it is. Like in, in this, in this very kind of small community, yeah. you know, it's crazy how you, how small, like how everybody knows each other. You got like the five degrees of separation. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Especially if you're doing tournaments, like local tournaments, it's kind of like you see people there, mm-hmm. you know, and there's people like, you know, you've competed with against in the past, but you know, and you know, people move, things change, you end up on different teams, but it's cool that, you know, you can still kind of be friends with everyone. And I mean, I've got a lot of great friends that I've met through this whole experience. And I'd say that's kind of, that's kind of the best part about it. Like meeting people like you, mm-hmm. getting to train with people like you, you know, and we've trained together at a couple of different schools now. So it's, it's cool to, you know, kind of reconnect like that. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I've made a lot of long lasting friendships mm-hmm. through jujitsu and uh, yeah, no, it's, it's been a great experience, but uh, just in general, like, uh, so going to the whole competition thing, I know it's been a while since you competed, but what is your mindset like when you go to compete? Are you one of these like emotional, angry guys? Are you like you're a chill guy? What's your mindset when you go in there? Uh, I would say somewhere in between that. Like I try to, you know, just kind of visualize like what I'm going to do, like having a game plan. I think that's important for a lot of, you know, beginners, like kind of know what you're going to do, know that, you know, it might not go exactly that way, but mm-hmm. like go in there and have like, this is what I want to work when I'm here. And then, 
you know, obviously in any competition, it can't necessarily always go your way, but you know, you want to try to have some type of like solid game plan when you're going into it. You know, I like to kind of listen to music. I like to stay pretty loose and pretty limber, but also make sure I'm, I'm warmed up and not too tight, Mm -hmm. but also not tiring myself out too much. So being a a fitness professional, Mm -hmm. uh, cause I mean, that's what you do for the day job, hustle fitness. Yep. Do you have a special like warm up routine for getting ready for a competition or do you just kind of like, do some jumping jacks or something? Like, do you have something specific? Yeah, I have some specific stuff that I do. You know, I mostly, you know, I'll kind of warm up my shoulders, you know, get my scapula warmed up, make sure I'm, you know, limber, but also stable there too. Hmm. And then making sure my hips are really warmed up. You know, I'll generally, I'll generally, I'm a little more comfortable playing guard than I am passing, but uh, you know, I like to do both, but if I can get to like a good guard position. So making sure my hips are are mobile. So that's, I'd say a big part of my warm up. you know, kind of uh, mobilizing my groin, getting my glutes strong, getting them activated. So yeah. I, and I kind of follow the same, we have a, a warm up that we do at hustle, which is just 10 different exercises just to kind of mobilize kind of, um, you know, from the spine outward. And I do something similar to that before tournaments and before, before sparring and basically just doing like 90, 90 stretches, getting my hips warmed up so I can kind of be more dexterous Mm -hmm. uh, when I'm on the ground and just making sure I'm not pulling anything. So that's an interesting uh, topic. I want to kind of dive in there a little bit more. So, uh, so let's, let's go through this warm up. Mm -hmm. So you show up to the, you show up to the, the competition, you weigh in, you do whatever, and you're, you're getting warmed up. You got your gi on. What exactly do you do to start? I'll usually start with, uh, like a cat cow mm. kind of warming up, the uh, the mid back, all the muscles in my spine. And then I'll go into like a, uh, uh, T spine rotation, which is sort of mobilizing, uh, scapula mid back. And then, and as you're mobilizing these muscles, you're, you're stabilizing them as well. So mm. you're taking them through a range of motion and in a way stretching, but also stabilizing them at the end range of motion or mm. throughout the movement. And then I'll kind of warm up my ankles, my hips doing, um, uh, Spider-Man's. I think that's a great warm up. Um, doing more like loaded beasts or uh 90, 90 stretches. What's a, what's a loaded beast? Uh, a loaded beast is kind of like, it's like an active form of like a child's pose to a plank. You're basically, now you can do it with your knees elevated or your knees on the ground. And you're basically just like sitting back as your knees are, are going out and you're kind of sitting low on your, uh, with your hips. And then you can kind of like use your feet to like drive yourself forward. So it's, so similar to a squat, if I was going to squat, I'd be in the same position if I was on the ground doing a loaded beast. And it looks a little similar. The end of the, the movement will look a little similar to a child's pose. If I have maybe an older person I'm training or someone who, you know, has like some type of knee injury, I might have them start on the ground. So their knees and their shins are on the ground. They're basically just going back, rocking from a child's pose into a more of a tabletop position. Or if someone's more advanced or able to do it, I'll have them do it with their knees off the ground. Mm. And then if you, as you're going back, if you go all the way up, you can actually come up and do a squat. Okay. So it's a good way actually too, to teach people where their feet should be positioned when they're squatting, because you could have them go in the loaded beast that go back and forth. It's just going to be the natural movement of their knee and their hip going into the correct alignment for them. 
Yeah. So that's something that I'll do before getting my legs, hips warmed up. Do you do any kind of technique and stuff to warm up? Like you don't do any shooting or any uh, takedown by yourself or? I do a bit. Um, You know, it depends if I have somebody else there to sort of do it with, but I'll, all that, all of that is really light. I don't really get too intense with it, but yeah, I'll shoot a little bit uh, Mm -hmm. just to, you know, make sure my knees are warmed up and then I can go up and down to the ground. Okay. Fairly well. So I'll usually start more, um, more core activation, T-spine mobilization, you know, hip mobility. And then I'll get into more like plyometric stuff like shots or, uh, jumping jacks, kind of jogging in place. Cause I still want to stay loose, mm-hmm. but I'll generally start mobilizing, you know, my body from inside out mm-hmm. essentially proximal to distal, I guess would be you know, from core outwards. Okay. So like then like how long does this whole routine take? Um, not too long. I mean, generally our warm up at hustle takes about five minutes. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So depending on a tournament, like, you know, sometimes you have to wait a while to actually compete. Like they'll call your name and then you're kind of waiting for their 15. So I might go through it a few times or kind of add some other things in. Are you, are you trying to get like a glistening sweat going or are you just, just trying to activate the muscles? More so that, um, to get my body temperature up. Yes. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily sweat. You know, that's a little more depends on, you know, how much, how much time I'm actually spending waiting there. Like if I have to wait a little longer, I might actually get like a light sweat, but mm-hmm. more so, yeah, warm up my muscles, get them ready for the movements that I'm going to be doing in the the match or competition. And then, yeah, just getting my body temperature up. See, like the way you're approaching it, I've never thought of it that way. Oh, I'm going to get a sweat. I'm going to warm, I'm going to warm up and that's going to loosen my muscles. Yeah. You know, like I'll do, you know, especially, especially at white belt when I didn't know anything, I was like yeah. jabbing in the air, like shadow boxing <laughs> just to get my lot. temperature yeah. up, you know? Uh-huh. But like you're talking about from a different approach, like you're actually trying to target muscles that you're going to be using mm-hmm. and then getting them activated, getting them loosened up so that you're not going to pull anything yeah. or hurt yourself during yep or decrease the chances of hurting yourself. Yeah. And that's, the, that's also my approach with exercise or working out too. Like our warm up is kind of taking people, you know, most of us sit at a desk all day. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is taking people out of those desk postures and then, you know, doing movements that are going to be somewhat similar to what we're going to be doing in the workout or in that physical activity, whether it's, you know, competition or practice or a workout, you know, putting you through, movements that are like more regressions or more simpler versions of the more advanced or technical or more intense things you're going to be doing later on. And that's actually been shown to prevent injuries a lot better than say, you know, like if you go to the gym, let's say, you know, you're doing an upper body workout, like it doesn't like, it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world to hop on an exercise bike and just get your temperature up. But like you're, you know, you're not doing movements there that are similar to what you're going to be doing during the exercise or the workout. Like if you're going to go out and play 90 minutes of soccer, you know, getting on an exercise bike doesn't necessarily translate into the movements you're going to be doing out there. It's more like doing, you know, slowly working up to more lateral movements or building up speed, starting slow and building up speed because you're going to be sprinting on the field. Kind of same thing with jujitsu. You're going to be you know, maneuvering your hips in certain ways, you know, you're going to be gripping, moving your shoulders in different ways, basing on the ground differently. So you want to try to 
recreate those movements in some ways Mm. in a less advanced form where you're kind of working up to doing those. That way, those muscles are going to be ready for when you're out there and like somebody takes you down and you have to, you know, sprawl out and not, you know, not pull a muscle in your calf while you're doing it because you've already kind of warmed it up in that same fashion. Wow. Like I was saying, like I had a very meathead way of warming up. Never even thought about that. I was just like, oh, I just got to get a sweat going. Like doing the movements that I'm probably going to be doing in the match is probably the, <laughs> mm-hmm. a much more scientific uh, way of doing it. Is there anything other than the physical part? Is there any mental stuff that you do to get ready for for competition? Uh, I try to imagine like every single possible possibility happening. Mm-hmm. You know, I win, I lose. I win. I'm embarrassed. Like, mm. you know, just crazy stuff happens. Um, like I poop my pants when I'm out there <laughs> and just, and, you know, kind of, this is something I, I read before. Like you have to kind of be okay with any outcome to be able to put everything you can into that match. So I try to envision like, okay, like, like I want to win winning's important, but you have to be okay with, you know, the fact that you might lose, mm-hmm. you have to be okay with any possible outcome in the match, like even getting injured potentially. And then that kind of preps you a little bit more for it. So you can kind of, you can take your mind off the actual outcome and put yourself more into the situation and be present so you can perform at the best of your abilities. So during a match, you mentioned like avoiding injury and stuff. Um, has there been a moment where you're like, oh man, I could do this, but so, you know, I could hurt myself. Do you stop yourself or do you go for it? Or how do you, how do you handle those moments? Are you a little more yeah. worried about those moments now that, you know, cause you and I are both a little older. We're not 20, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> but like, uh, it, does that kind of hold you back at all? Uh, I would say in sparring, there are times where, you know, I might tweak something or feel something is, you know, ready to give and it mm-hmm. might be, you know, I'm a little dehydrated or it might be, um, you know, uh, like I dislocated my shoulder back in 2017. So that kind of still gives me problems from time to time. Um, you know, and sometimes I'll feel that with certain movements and I'm like, okay, I can't do these moves today or I can't base on my shoulder this way, or I can't do this too much because it is, it might cause an injury. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then it's kind of like, am I able to train or am I able to kind of, work around this and try to do stuff outside of jujitsu to help get it better and get it healed up. So I can go back to hundred percent. So yes, I would say with training and sparring and practice on a regular basis. Yes, that happens to me. Um, I've never been in a competition scenario where I've been in a position in a match where something could injure me. I've, I've done tournaments where I've had mild injuries or come back from injuries Mm -hmm. where it is something that's, um, you know, it's in the back of my head where something could happen, but I've never, you know, I've never been in a situation where, you know, if I was in the world championships and there was, you know, I had the chance of like breaking my ankle. If somebody had me in an ankle lock, I'd maybe, you know, let my ankle break to win the gold medal. But wow. at the end of the day, I haven't been put in that situation yet. Yeah. You know, in the, in my, my humble competition experience. Mm-hmm. So I can't say for sure that I would, I, what I would do, but yeah, um, I feel like if it was a high level tournament, I'd probably, I'd probably risk it. Cause at that point, you know, cause it's a sacrifice. Like when you're competing, you know, it's, it's, 
I think it does a lot for people. Like it's a, it's a good confidence boost. It's good to go out and test yourself and just prove to yourself that you can do it and put yourself in those tough situations and kind of come out the other side stronger. Um, but, uh, you know, it, if you're competing a lot, I think, you know, there's, there's a price you pay for it and mm -hmm. you have to be willing to sort of, you know, deal with the consequences of that because training for performance isn't necessarily the same as training for health hmm. or longevity. Hmm. That's, that's kind of deep, man. Like, so you're saying, you're saying, okay, so you're just going to go out uh, guns a blazing and risk it all, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy. Yeah. I, from a physical health standpoint, yeah. you know, going out, you know, competing and, and going super, super hard isn't necessarily like a benefit to your health. Like doing like um, sort of, uh, you know, when you're competing, you know, you're going out there and, you know, you're potentially getting injured. You're putting your body on the line, but you're not doing that for health benefits. Mm. Like I think like doing jujitsu, there's health benefits to it. Like doing any sport there's there's health benefits there's mental health benefits to it but when you kind of put that competition side into it and you commit to competing you know you're sort of you're putting your body on the line a little bit mm. and you know you're doing things where they're not necessarily going to be good for your health like going out i mean you know there's times where in a tournament like you might get choked unconscious if you don't tap and sometimes chokes come on really quick. So, you know, getting choked out isn't really good for your health. <laughs> um, but, you know, you kind of you, you put that at risk at times to compete. So you can test yourself, prove yourself that you can do it. This is interesting because, like, I think one of the things that happens, especially during uh, practice, you go to you go to class or you go to you know, you go to practice and guys want to win on the mat. Right. And so. Yeah. Maybe that's a part of what happens. These guys, they're trying to win and that's how they get hurt. Yeah. When they can be taking the outlook that you're talking about, like being, you know, just, oh, I'm doing this for health reasons. Yeah. Not to come in, you know, yeah. beat Joe Shimo white belt. And I, I think when you're practicing, like that's, it's a practice. Like you're going to have different training partners with different abilities, with different, um, you know, some people are going to come in with different injuries and you have to, and it's hard. I think it's hard for a beginner because when you're a beginner, you don't really know what you're doing and, or you're learning, you're learning what to do, what the etiquette is. You're learning, you know, how your body moves in with some of these movements. Cause jujitsu's, um, like I always say, it's the hardest thing I've, I've ever done. So like, but as, as you become more advanced to become a better training partner, you sort of learn how to roll with, with different people, with different body types, with different mentalities. And, you know, and I think it's also okay to say to like to people, Hey, you know, I'm not going to roll with these people on these days because, you know, you just don't feel comfortable. Like they, you think that you could get injured rolling with them and maybe they're a beginner and they're just kind of, um, spazzy, spazzy. Yeah. Spazzy yeah. out of control. Or, you know, maybe they are a lot bigger than you, a lot smaller than you, and you, that's just not the type of role you're looking for that day. So I think it's perfectly okay to just tell people, Hey, you know, not today, but I think as you're progressing, um, you know, you want to kind of learn how to roll with different people and, and kind of what their expectation is from jujitsu. Cause not everybody wants to compete. 
you know, most of us that compete, like most of us that do jujitsu, we do it because we love jujitsu. We want to learn, but you know, people start with different, different meanings and mentalities. Some people might just want to get into it for a workout. Some people might get into it more for self-defense. Um, so I think it's good to sort of learn what people's expectations are of what they want to get out of it. And then you can kind of apply that to how you train with them and help them progress and they can help you progress as well. Yeah. And I think that's important that you said that you could say no to people. You could be like, Hey, yeah. you know, I'm not rolling with you today. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I actually, uh, there's a guy at, the, at, at Ramsey's who. Who won't say a, his name. I won't say his name. <laughs> he's a big guy. The big guy, uh-huh. uh, this guy, he, uh, <laughs> he's, he's really strong uh-huh. and he, he's at least 10 years younger than me. So like when I wrote, not me then. No, no, this, <laughs> no, this guy is like 300 pounds. So then like I, I, <laughs> I rolled, like there was one day I rolled with this guy and, uh, you know, it just took so much strength just trying to get yeah. out from under him, trying to do anything. Cause he, you know, he just, you know, you grab a, you know, a Kimura or something, he just straightened his arm out uh-huh. and I was just like, Jesus Christ, you know? So I used a ton of strength against this guy. And I believe I only rolled once that day. Like I rolled, you know, I rolled with a, with a white belt, you know, I was, you know, I was feeling fine, you know, got warmed up, go roll with this guy. And I was done. I was like, Uh I'm going home. I'll see you guys later. And I went home, showered and I slept for like four hours. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you feel good after that. Oh yeah, I felt great after that, you know. Uh yeah. had the best midday nap on a Saturday. Uh but like um but I can't do that every weekend cuz my wife yeah. will get mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, She's yeah. like you no, can't no, be no. sleeping Mine's 4 sick. hours on Saturday. Uh-huh. <laughs> we got shit to do. I was just uh-huh. like, well, I roll with this giant guy and he fucking tired." <laughs> but yeah, like uh I'll tell him. Every now and then I'm like, "Look, man." Yeah. The last time I rolled with you, I slept like four hours. I can't do that. My wife yeah, will get mad. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. You. She's like, I'm just going to sit this one out, you uh-huh. know, or I'm going to roll with somebody, somebody I can handle. <laughs> I, yeah. I think it's good to do technique too with certain people. Yeah. Like, hey, let's just work technique right now for this yeah. roll. Yeah. And that's another way you can, you know. I feel like this guy is one of those young guys where it's just like, Phew. he wants to just go. go he go. just wants to, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm putting sauce on, uh, extra sauce on that taco there. <laughs> I have no idea what, what his, uh, what his deal is. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, but I, I, part of me thinks like, I wouldn't even, I would just say, oh, I'm just going to sit out. I'm not going to say, oh, this rule take me. You know, he probably, be, I, yeah. I feel like he would just be like, Phew. you know, but uh, he's a pretty nice guy. Maybe he, he probably wouldn't, you know, it's just me, but you know, see like some of that is also like in your head. Right. So when you go say, no to someone you might say yes instead because you're afraid of what they may be thinking yeah well it's all yeah kind of putting your your i think with anything it's like putting your ego aside a bit and like Mm. we all have it there's times where i'm like fuck i'm gonna roll with this 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 huge dude Mm. and i'll be fine but then it's like oh no i'm (laughs) you know gonna go to sleep for four hours my wife's gonna be pissed off at me Yeah, yeah yeah um but uh yeah it's sort of like i feel like as i've gotten older like when i was in my my well i started jiu-jitsu when i was 28 or 29 mm. um and even my early 30s it was like i would just roll with whoever like mm. i kind of didn't care but you know and i i sort of i don't say i regret anything but i sort of regret <laughs> i regret some of those choices uh because it probably you know there were some injuries that i suffered from it mm. um from not kind of putting my ego in check a little bit but you know i think if you're a competitor like you know, you have to sort of be smart with who you're going to train with and how you're going to train with certain people, because 
if you get injured training, which, you know, you know, you, you want to try to avoid, you're not going to be able to compete. And, you know, if you're not competing in the absolute divisions, it maybe doesn't make a whole lot of sense to compete against someone who's 300 pounds. If you're, you know, 140 pounds. Yeah. 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 Dude. Like, um, there's, there's, there's a few cats. Like there's a, there's a role that I, I do regret. I don't have many of them. Like for the most part, my, my experience in jujitsu has been pretty safe and pretty good. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, but there was one cat who you and I both know, and I'm sure you would agree. I'll, I'll bleep his name out, but, uh, God, what's his name? But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's one role. If I could take back, that would be one I wish I could. I mean, yeah. Anytime you get injured, um, you know, I've had some, some roles, right. You know, like when I dislocated my shoulder, I mean, that was just during drilling. And that's one where I wish I had just said, no, uh, this guy looks a little crazy and I'm just gonna, (laughs) I'm just gonna, um, you know, kind of do my own thing. Yeah. Uh, He made me so much more aware. I mean, I guess in the long run, it was a good experience because like, um, I learned to say no to people, but also like, like I I realized, Oh, I'm not young anymore. You know, like yeah. there, there are some things like I probably can't get away with, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember there's, there's, there's some like young cats co- going through that gym that we were at. Yeah. And, uh, every now and then I saw somebody who had like a little look of a crazy person on <laughs> yeah. and I had to be like, no man, I'm, I'm good. I'm not rolling with you. Mm-hmm. I'm done. You know, I have to be a little more cognizant of the fact that I'm an older guy, mm-hmm. you know, but that's why you need the gym enforcers to, uh. Yeah. Step in and well, I mean, see how crazy that person really is. <laughs> Knock him down a peg or two. Yeah, for sure. That's why we need black belts, man. Yeah, That's uh-huh. the, we need black belts, and and we need we need guys built like uh, like uh, you know Jeff Hill. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. That guy was a little bit of a gym enforcer. But yeah, yeah. So uh, so dude, like, if you could tell yourself something, like let's say you could send a message to yourself, white belt Chris, what would you tell Chris? white belt Chris to do different? I would say, you know, I would, I would have competed more. Mm. Um, I would say, I would tell myself, you know, compete more, like try to, you know, just make it happen. I mean, I would generally compete, you know, I would say, you know, three to four times a year, maybe more than that. One year I competed, I think like seven, eight times. Dude, that's, um, that's pretty good. Which is a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, you had to do, you probably had to do a little bit of traveling just uh, to, to yeah. compete that much. Yeah. I mean, I, I did, uh, I've been to Colorado, uh, Las Vegas, California. Um, you know, yeah, I've been to a couple of places in the Midwest too, where I've had to travel, but yeah, most of the tournaments I've done have been in, in Chicago. Um, but yeah, um, that, that's what I would say. Cause I think like one, it, it's just fun. And like, for me, like kind of being a competitive person, you know, as, as you get older, there's stuff's going to pop up. Like you're just going to get busier, like with kids, with work, you know, you're older. So your body starts to break down a little bit more too. Yeah. So it's like, it's just harder to, to make the time to do it. So that's kind of one thing that I, I probably would have done, but outside of that, you know, I, I don't really regret anything. I think, uh, you know, I've trained at a lot of different schools and I've, you know, made a lot of great friendships and, you know, it's, 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 that's the, the thing that I've kind of liked the most about this journey. Like it's cool having the black belt, but it's more about all the people that I've kind of met and the relationships I've had and continue to have that kind of make it kind of all worth it. Yeah, no, I agree on on that. Like a lot of the friendships that I have, like I said before, 
currently are, are people that I've met through jujitsu then in college, you know, yeah. but like those, those are probably, I, I probably see the guys at jujitsu way more than I see my college yeah. friends. And in a more intimate uh, setting, in your pajamas <laughs> rolling around on the ground. It's an easy, easy way to make fast friends. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to strangle. Hey, you want to be friends? Let's strangle each other. I have this, I have this uh, thing I like doing where we strangle each other in pajamas. Um, a mutual friend of ours calls them murder pajamas. Oh yeah. I've heard it called that for murder yoga. I murder. The other. <laughs> yeah. It's I don't, similar. You got to do, you got to get in those same positions a little bit. I don't know. I don't know why would they, I, I mean, I guess I could see the yoga, but why yoga? I mean, I don't know. So tell me how you met Molinaro. You said you guys were, you known each other for a while now. Yeah. So I met Alex when he was a brown belt. Oh, he was already a brown belt. He was a brown belt when I met him and he had come to uh, Chicago and I think he had moved a few times in between then. But uh, right after he got his black belt, that's when he, so I had rolled with him a few times at brown belt and like we got along well. But then when he got his black belt, I um, I was kind of at a point in my life where I wanted to spend some time competing like my wife and I were ready to start a family and I wanted to kind of take it seriously just take it a little more seriously, like uh, the competition side of stuff. And I wanted to work with somebody who I knew would get me better. So I approached Alex about doing private lessons. And then he kind of found out that I was a personal trainer. And we started kind of just working with each other. Like I would, he would come to hustle and then I would train him there. And then I would go to, we'd go and train jujitsu right after. Wow. And he would give me a lesson and then I would do class. It was a nice you know, it was like four or five hours a day we'd spend together there. Wow. Um, so that's a good exchange there too, man. Like you guys yeah. are learning from each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and then, you know, we, we did that for several years and then he was like competing and just on a tear where he won, you know, he won a lot of big tournaments over those years. Like he won pans, he won the Asian open, the South American open and really making a name for himself. And he and I had kind of talked about like opening the school. It's something that I've always kind of wanted to do as well. And, you know, he had kind of talked about doing that, like, you know, down the road to set himself up for the future. And, you know, and then he kind of moved and then he came back and, you know, said that he wanted to do it here in Chicago. So, you know, we, we partnered up with him and then kind of looked for space and found a great space that he really liked right in uh, uh, East Lakeview, Chicago. Okay. Uh, right on Clark and uh, near um, uh, Belmont. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, so right by Wrigley Field. So great location. Yeah. Lots of people there. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, and it's, it, it's awesome actually. So I, and I've known Alex is a great teacher, great competitor, just from taking his classes, seeing him compete, knowing the person he is. Um, but it's just been awesome seeing him interact with students. And it's just like, like I had high expectations for him as a teacher and for the school, but like what I've seen so far is exceeded those high expectations and like all the students there love him. Like we've really not lost many students, like since we've been open these five months and we've been growing very quickly and it's mostly, you know, word of mouth, people just seeing us on the street coming in and, you know, Alex just being and, open person who loves jujitsu, who's really passionate about it and passionate about helping people. Um, and, and that's kind of been, you know, what I think we owe to the success of the school so far. That's fantastic, man. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, uh, being personable like that, being able to like, you know, work with people, being yeah. able to talk to people, that's important, man. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, and to be a good teacher on top of that and being young like that, because then. Yeah, it's not something you see in somebody, you know, that's in their early 20s all yeah, the time. Yeah, for sure. But like, I think the great benefit of having someone young like that is that that black belt is going to roll with everybody. You yeah. Know? You get an older black belt, he's going to start choosing when he can roll, who can, who he yeah. can roll with. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not a strike against an older black belt. I'm just saying yeah. like, like that happens to all of us. Like you're saying, yeah, age, you're going to get older and yeah, yeah. it's going <laughs> to, it's going to hurt your game. Yeah, unless you're Benjamin Button. <laughs> <laughs> you age in reverse. So. Yeah. But yeah, like, um, but like to have a young black belt like that, yeah. like that's such a good resource for the people that are going to this school because oh, yeah. they're going to get to uh-huh. roll with that guy. Yeah. And that's what the students like say, especially a lot of the, the, the students that are more on the competitive side. Cause we have other people that are there, like, you know, they want to, you know, learn jujitsu for self-defense or just learn a martial art or learn something because they, they want to get better at a skill. But, you know, we do have some people that are high level competitors and it's like, you know, they, and Alex is always willing, willing to roll with them. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's awesome to have somebody at that high of a level that's willing to like roll with students and just be available for them. Yeah. You know, you know, what's crazy is that as good as a black belt, you know, you might be, you might have access to like, okay, like Ramsey's or Alex, yeah. like these guys are really good. Yeah. To imagine that there's higher levels than that still like, holy cow, you know, like these yeah. guys can kick my ass. What could like a Gordon, you know, Ryan do, or like yeah. what, you know, like what would happen to me? If that guy grabbed me, I'd probably be a pretzel, you know, <laughs> but uh, here's a question for you. So what, what attracted you to jujitsu? Why jujitsu? Why not like kickboxing or boxing or Taekwondo or that's something a, else? That's a good question. Well, so I, so I actually have a Taekwondo black belt as well. Oh, okay. Um, that's so when I was younger, I always wanted to do martial arts. Um, it's just something about it. Like, uh, you know, the karate kid movies, uh, that movie Sidekicks with Chuck Norris. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, you're <laughs> not, not so much that, but a little bit of that, yeah, you're, you're um, a Chuck Norris fan? I, uh, I'm not not a fan. Yeah. I'm definitely, yeah. I mean, who doesn't like Chuck Norris? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, he's got a he's got an extra fist in his in his yeah. beard from from what I hear. Uh-huh. Um and uh yeah it was uh and then ninja turtles so i i've always liked martial arts i've always wanted to do it and then you know so i started with taekwondo i think when i was maybe like fourth grade something like that i was fairly young and um you know started with that kept up with that like kind of through high school and then started playing you know more team sports in high school like soccer and then through college you know didn't really do much. And then kind of after college, it was like, I want to get back into a sport. Like I want, um, I wanted to get into a sport to have a reason to work out other than like just looking good Mm -hmm. or other than just like, because I had to for health, I wanted to have something that I was training for that I could give purpose to my workouts that I was doing on a regular basis. There were also, you know, improving my health, um, keeping my body healthy, keeping me mentally healthy and sharp. So, and I think that's important for everyone, like whatever it is, if it's pickleball, if it's soccer, if it's, uh, you know, a hiking trip that you're planning, 
whatever it is, it's good to have something that you're training for, at least like it, it points in the year. You don't have to always be in competition mode because that can get kind of exhausting, mm-hmm. especially as you get older. But I think it's good to have something you're training for, whether it's a sport or some type of activity that just kind of keeps you motivated and like keeps you on track. So, and and that was my, um, that was your reason for, that was my reason for starting. Now, when I first started, I, I got into boxing. I actually wanted to do kickboxing because mm. I had done Taekwondo. It just seemed a little more natural to me. So I was at, um, another gym, which I'm not going to name. And I was there for about six months and I was doing some kickboxing kind of got into boxing a little bit more. Um, and they had a jujitsu program, which I, I did pretty infrequently, but I feel like it wasn't as structured. So I, I really liked jujitsu. It felt like, you know, naturally with my body type, like I'm, like I'm shorter and more muscular. So I'm more stout, I guess. Mm. And like a lot of the guys in my boxing weight classes were like, you know, six feet tall and like really skinny and had longer reach. So, but I also just naturally always felt more like grappling as opposed to striking. So I naturally just kind of went more towards, um, towards jujitsu for that reason. Hmm. And then I think along the way I had more success with it and it just seemed more fun to me, like just based on the different positions. Cause like with boxing and kickboxing, like there's only so many punches. And if you really want to get good and be able to compete, you have to get hit in the face and like, you know, this is, how I make my money. Uh, so, so like with, you know, with jujitsu, there's a greater chance of you, you know, popping your elbow or dislocating your knee or something like that. But, you know, you can still, you can still try to prevent those injuries and not take as many, not take as much brain damage essentially. Mm-hmm. So to me, it seemed like more of a lifetime sport that mm-hmm. you could kind of compete in. So that also kind of so, helped me stick with it too. Also the fact that you can keep your, Yourself pretty. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Keep my grill intact. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, that's like, I, I started with kickboxing and boxing and, or actually I was a, I was a wrestler in high school and then joined a, a kickboxing boxing school. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a martial arts school. They had several things, but then like, I got to a point where it's like, you know, I like, I like fighting. I like kickboxing. But I can't keep getting hit in the head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, especially like, I don't know. I mean, there's, I see the guys, I see some guys and, and again, not a, not a strike against anybody, but you get to a point where it's like, okay, um, you're going to get some damage that you're not going to come back from. Yeah. And, you know, who are you doing it for? You know, mm-hmm. are you, I, you know, I see guys, they'll, They'll teach somebody for 20 bucks, 50 bucks an hour or whatever. And you're letting this guy hit you, you know, not letting you, but you know what I'm saying? You're, you're, you're sparring with them. You're doing drills or whatever. And you, there's contact. Like it's, uh, it's, it doesn't have a it doesn't seem to have like a long-term health plan. You know, like it's not, you're not going to stay healthy for very long doing this, uh, brain wise. Uh, so I, I was like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. You know, I can't. I I don't want to just, especially for, for a guy. Cause I remember like being in class and then seeing somebody throw a jab and they'll throw the jab and they're, they're afraid to actually hit the target. So they'll throw the jab and like throw it out this way. And I'm like, where are you, you know, I I'm standing right in front of you where you're throwing the, the punch and I'll be like, here, just tap me right here, you know, and I'll let them tap me. 
But then like, I remember thinking like, mm, like I'll never see that guy again. Yeah. Like maybe he came in for, you know, uh, introductory class mm-hmm. or maybe, you know, he's with us for two years or whatever. And then he's gone. Or maybe I'll leave the school. I'll never see him. But meanwhile, I'm, I'm, I'm letting him hit my head. Like I, this doesn't make sense, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like boxing is kind of, it's one of those things where if you, if you want to get good, kind of stay sharp and compete, like you have to kind of get hit. And at some point, you know, you're going to, you're going to get seriously hurt or kind of get punched drunk. Yeah. Oh, I've seen those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, and it's kind of like a, a scary thing. That's kind of why I, I got out of that. Like I, I really like boxing, kickboxing, like, and I still like hitting pads from time to time and, and doing that sort of thing. And, and I had some friends that were, you know, they were training MMA. Um, and you know, we would, we'd kind of put on the gloves and do some like striking and grappling together. Um, that makes sense because I remember sparring with you and, and because you just said that you did like boxing or whatever for five months. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Cause I spar with you. And I remember thinking like, this guy's pretty good. (laughs) You know, I remember thinking like, okay, he's, he knows how to box. He knows how to fight, you know? And I remember thinking that, but like you're, you're over here talking about five mo- five or six months at the, at the boxing place. This makes yeah. sense now. Yeah. Cause well, yeah, I trained at one boxing gym or kickboxing gym, MMA gym, I guess for about six months. Mm. And then, but I was mostly doing boxing. Um, and then I do have a black belt in Taekwondo, which mm. I did for like eight years when I was a kid, which mm. is a little different. It's more like spin kicks and stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, so applicable though. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, Certain techniques definitely are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I trained for about another six months at a jujitsu gym that also had a boxing kickboxing program. But I was at that point, I was mostly doing jujitsu. Yeah. Um, and then kind of just really just with timing of it, like, you know, I liked doing both. But then it was like I just made time for jujitsu and then, you know, like striking kind of took a back seat a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So how long would you say you were doing the striking for? Like uh you know i did formal training like with boxing and kickboxing for about six months or i'm sorry about 12 months okay about six months at each each of those different schools respectively but then you started sparring with your with your friends and those guys that you were getting ready for fights one of the jujitsu schools that i was at for you know the majority of like white belt through purple belt they had boxing classes too and some of the nogi stuff, we would put on gloves and do some, uh, you know, striking. We were in different positions as mm. well. Um, and I had several friends who, uh, my friend uh, Ben Coat, who just had a baby. Um, he had like, I think about, he had three MMA fights. I oh, wow. Say. Um, and a couple other friends that, you know, we were training with just, you know, regular training partners, great guys who, who um, you know, wanted to, to fight MMA and compete. And we would do some striking there, like get together um, or go to striking classes there. So then I would do it from time to time. And then I kind of, you know, just used my prior experience to sort of give them, I guess, different, different looks or different, uh, different fighting styles that they might come across. Mm -hmm. So no looks is the right word. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, is MMA something you wish you would have, uh, dabbled in uh you know like actually like actually fighting if i like 
if I had started when I was more like 20, yes. Mm-hmm. But I started when I was 29 and I was kind of like, you know, I at that point when I was in my 30s, I thought about it mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of one thing or another kind of got in the way. So, you know, 30 year old Chris, no. But like if I had started training jujitsu when I was like 20, I probably would have done an MMA fight. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, when I was when I was in my 30s, it was it's something I thought about, but I was a little bit like, you know what? I'm a little old in the tooth to kind of get mm. into this at this point. It was, you know, it, I've, I've been approached like people ask me like, oh, you should do an MMA fight, like higher belt. Like, we'll get you ready. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know, They're like I'm old, man. Like, you know how old <laughs> I am, you know? <laughs> and I'll tell them, no, that's fine. You know, so-and-so and so-and-so they're 50 or whatever. I'm like, that's fucking nuts. You know? Yeah. But like. I feel like you can get away at least growing up when I was growing up and I was doing boxing and kickboxing. I feel you can get away with like, you know, maybe not being as serious. Right. I don't think that's the case for MMA right now, even at the amateur level. Cause I mean, you got to seriously put time into training and every discipline. You got to be really good. Yep. I agree. Yeah. I remember going to watch some fights. Uh, I would go watch somebody, some, you know, a friend of mine or somebody fight. And I couldn't tell the amateurs apart from the professionals. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a lot more organizations now where it gives people more opportunities to, yeah, just compete as amateurs and then even make it into professional if they want. So, yeah, yeah, I feel like people, one, I think just all around um, the level of instruction has, has gotten higher. Too. I mean, I, even with like just jujitsu, it's like, I see white belts doing stuff that, you know, it's like totally different than what, you know, I was learning 10 years ago mm-hmm. and they're just learning at a, a higher or faster pace. I feel like it. Um, so yeah. And I think it's kind of same, like now there's like everybody kind of like learns and progresses and then steps it up a little bit. So, um, here's a question for you that I like asking everybody, what do you do? With the spazzy white belt or the spazzy like wrestler, he's new and uh, he's he's here to win the gold medal on his first day of class. Do you put him down? Do you do you talk to him? Do you kick him out? What do you what do you do with this cat that's just wild? I would just control him, like control mm-hmm. him and get him to kind of you know use use my technique to sort of not let him spaz out as much mm-hmm. also protect myself yeah. but slow him down you know yeah slow him down um you know generally guys like that are younger than me so yeah. it's harder to slow him down but still still uh capable of doing it but yeah i would say slow them down um there may be times where you know if i i don't really i wouldn't say i necessarily would talk to someone unless they were like one of my students or like a good like training partner. Um, but I also wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't shy away from like, you know, saying something to them and not, and I wouldn't necessarily tell somebody, Hey, you're spazzing out, but I would yeah. say, I would, I would kind of coach them on their technique potentially. Mm. Um, but again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if, if they were someone who was training at my school or someone who was training under me or someone I trained with for a long time, I would maybe, say something about, you know, how they should approach a certain technique or what they should do in certain situations. Um, or if I felt like they were going to injure someone else, then I would maybe step in and say something in that regard. 
um, or say something to the instructor of that class if I thought that was the case. But, mm. you know, I think, I think for, I don't think anyone, well, I think that most people that start training, they aren't looking to hurt somebody. They're just not aware of how strong they are or they're not aware of how their movement in certain positions could injure somebody. So a lot of it is kind of educating them on that. But a lot of it, I think, is it's educating them through the technique. Like if you do the technique and show them, hey, this isn't going to work this way, Mm -hmm. they'll learn a better way to get out of it. And then over time, they'll learn more skill and they'll learn to control themselves. Yeah, I think especially with a newer guy. And I've had this uh, experience recently where I've kind of thought about it a little more. There's this big cat, big boy, a white belt, strong, young guy. And I did all right. You know, I was able to like, you know, mount him and, you know, slow him down like you're saying. But I remember thinking like, like, holy cow, this guy is super strong and super young, you know, like, like, uh, you know, thankfully I was, I was able to like do okay with him. Um, I just, like you said, controlled him, tried to not hurt myself, tried not to have him hurt himself. Baby, basically babysitting him a little bit. And I, I mean, I don't want to say it, but that's basically what I was doing. And, um, but I also want to make the, the situation, especially for newer people, I want the, the experience to be enjoyable for them, mm-hmm. you know, like slaughtering them. Yeah. is not fun. It's not fun. And then they're just going to quit. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, showing them slowly and easily that I can mount them. Show I think shows them the power of jujitsu. Um, it's a discussion that I kind of had with one of the other guests on the show. I don't know if you know Paul Doe, but he made I that. know of him. I've never met him, but yeah, I know who he is. He's yeah, he's over at Viana Brothers right now. Mm-hmm. But that guy, he made a good point, and I kind of try to concentrate on that when it comes to people like this. But he said that, you know, because I used to do a lot of like lay and pray, kind of just like, oh, you know, he's strong. I'm not gonna let him uh hurt me and that's where i would stay you know like he's 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 new he's stronger than me i'm just gonna let him like you know blow some steam and then you know if i can if i can i'll take a dominant position uh but one thing that he said which i thought was uh a good point was but then you're not teaching him the power of jujitsu you're not letting him know that oh i can i can take you when i want you you know, like I'll be able yeah. to be on mount if I want to, or I can take whatever position to immobilize you or whatever. But, uh, but taking the super safe route, probably not the best learning tool for everyone. Mm-hmm. Like uh, probably the, cause I mean, I would do that. I would, I would get somebody new and I'd, I'd be afraid to like hurt him or hurt myself. Yeah. And, and if they're, especially if they're young and strong, I'm just going to like, eh, you know, I'm just going to, you know, play guard a little bit and try to try a few things, but not really, really try to like get them out. Um, I think it's, I think it's good to like, if you can, cause I mean, there's some cats that are just stupid strong, right? Yeah. And they're super young, explosive or whatever. And they're just, it's not going to happen. But I think I, I like to, I like to try to show some dominance and get on top and, and show them, Hey, you know, like, uh, Chill out. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I mean, it doesn't always work like that. And, and I'm an older guy. I'm 48 now. So those those moments where I get to like um, overpower someone, they're 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 getting lesser and lesser as the days are, you know, as the days go on. Sure. You could still still handle your own. <sighs> 
I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to take my head there. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna show this guy. I'm gonna show him what's up. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I, 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 I do get there sometimes, and I try to keep that in check. But I don't want to. Um, I don't want to get a me. I don't want to get all me headed because I, I get really me heady, real fast, real easy. I think all guys kind of do. Yeah. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. I just. I want to. I want to be. I want to make sure. I always tell myself like I want to make sure I can come in tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, that's always the number one thing. Yeah. Live to train the next day. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think there's times where, you know, it, it, it depends on the situation and who who it is and who you're with, you know, because some people need to kind of feel like empowered and feel like they're making progress. And mm. then sometimes, you know, people kind of get cocky, like, you know, it's a sport and it's a fighting sport and yeah. people kind of, you know, sometimes people need to get kind of you know, moved up and sometimes people get kind of need to get knocked down a peg or two, like you were saying. For sure. Like there's levels to everything and you should never feel like you're invincible. Yeah. Feel like, you know, so yeah. Yeah. It's always good. To, like I said, it's always good to have a black belt on the mat. Cause then, um, cause yeah, I, I feel like I have a tendency towards thinking I'm invincible and I, I, I like having someone that tells me no, and here's why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know? We all need that yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's, you know, it, it, some, I mean, there's been moments where I was just like, man, I really suck, you know? But, um, but no, I, I mean, just in general, I think jujitsu, in comparison, especially to like the striking sports, uh, it's, it's a little safer, right? It's not so safe on your joints, but I'd rather be doing this than golfing. You know. Oh yeah, I know. I <laughs> golf's like the the king of uh, lifetime sports. <laughs> Golf and fishing, and yeah, I'm like, I'm wondering like if uh, I'm gonna mess up my back enough. Uh, with jujitsu that I'll never be able to play golf again. <laughs> uh, but, no, I, uh, Are you a yeah. golfer? Uh, if I've got, I have clubs. Oh yeah. I say I'm a golfer, but yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, um, no, yeah, I, I'm hoping to do jujitsu like as long as I can. Um, and even compete as long as I, you know, possibly can. But I know that at some point those days will kind of, you know, be numbered, mm -hmm. but you know, I'm hoping to, you know, still stay on the mat for as long as I can. You know, there's a, there's a couple guys that like Tommy G who trains at HQ. He's uh Tommy G's in his seventies, I believe like late seventies, seventies. Oh yeah. He's been a black belt for a long time, but yeah. And he still, he still rolls. Uh, he's a retired uh, cop. Wow. Um, yeah, he's... He's uh, 70s. Yeah, he's in his 70s. Oh, uh, dude. Okay, so like when you're 70 and you're doing it, like I, you either have like a like an awesome lifestyle, like you can do whatever you want during the day and just recover, mm -hmm. or you just got like genetics. Just, yeah, genetically a badass. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I think, I like to think that, I mean, you get past your 40s and if you can do jujitsu, I, I like to think that... You probably have some genetics on your side, but 70. Yeah. Dude, that's Sorry. fucking awesome. Uh -huh. What? What? Dude. Does he tell you what his, what his secrets are? Like, how does he, what, what does he do for longevity? Does he like Ziploc himself at night? Just put himself in the Ziploc bag. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I should ask him next time I see him. Yeah. You know, some kind of cryo chamber. Uh, Jesus Christ, man. That's awesome, dude. So what do you think of the, this uh, 
cold plunge. Speaking of cryo, uh, what do you think of uh, this cold plunge craze right now? I uh, do you see any validity in it, or what do you think of it? Do you have you tried it? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I think that I'm a big proponent of ice. Um, you know, reducing inflammation, um, so you can go out and train again sooner. So yeah, I'm a big proponent of it. You know, it it does seem to have gained a lot of popularity now. Um, in the last like several years, you know, there's a lot of cryotherapy places, um, which I think it's, is good. And then I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people are kind of buying their own like cold plunge tanks. So I definitely think, you know, if people are suffering from like chronic inflammation, I think ice is a good, is a good way to go with that. Um, and yeah, and it can help kind of like with breathing, like Wim Hof is someone who's got, you know, his whole his whole brand and whole, uh, series on breathing with, um, you know, cold therapy as well. Mm. Yeah. I've, um, I, like I've mentioned Larry before, Larry's got a cold plunge. Okay. Is it's, it like an inflatable? It's like a pop-up one. So it's not inflatable. Okay. It's, it's like, it's, um, it's not an actual like tub. It's, it's like one of these, uh, like vinyl things. Yeah. And so it's got like pegs on the side that keeps it up. You know, and you just slip him through the, through the, basically a bag and yeah. And you, and you jump in it, man. And, uh, I just went there today right before, right before this. Okay. And, uh, dude, like, how'd you feel? Well, I mean, afterwards I always feel great, but like during this fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it really How sucked. Long you in there? Uh, I was there. I was, I think I was in there for five, six minutes. Okay. So like I tried to do at least three, I timed for three and then yeah. I went over. And so I just sat in there. Um, what's good. It, it boosts your testosterone too. Oh, it's supposed to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of good benefits to it. Mm. Do you, do you participate in that at all then or no? I do. You know, I haven't been, um, I was doing like cryotherapy on a regular basis and when I, yeah. And I would. I would put like ice in my bathtub and do that. Like when I was like training a lot more, mm. I haven't, um, as of recently, but I'll ice like my joints, like my elbows or, um, you know, I have issues with both of those. So I'll ice those if I'm doing a lot of training or ice my shoulder from time to time. So you had trouble with your elbows What you got like a tennis elbow thing going on. Yeah, I do in both. Like I had my, my right side, I've got like, um, uh, it's actually golfer's elbow in both. And then my, my left shoulder is the one I dislocated so that I've got some like bicep tendonitis and then I get, um, I get some issues in that elbow too, but mm. my right elbow is actually worse. Mm. Dude, you gotta leave that golf alone, man. Just, just do more jujitsu. <laughs> See, this that's for as long as I can. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I've done infrared sauna is, uh, is good too. Oh, do you have one? Is it? No, oh. uh, there's a place in, uh, in Downers Grove that I've gone to, uh, that's really good, which I can't remember the name of it right now, but, uh, that's, that's something I wish I would get in here. I don't know if I have space for that. I got a lot of shit in there. It's just, yeah, it doesn't take up too much space. I, you know, I wondered if I should put it down here only because I'm, I'm afraid of like, that might get mold in here. And uh, with all the steam and stuff coming off the sauna, it might cause yeah. trouble. But I guess, I mean, I got a dehumidifier over there. I guess it wouldn't be a big deal. Uh, Perspire is the place that I was uh, I was going to. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, in Downers Grove. How much yeah. is it, if you don't mind me asking? Is it expensive? Uh, not, not, no, I wouldn't say so. It's, um, 
I think it's rough. You could get a membership for roughly like a hundred dollars. Mm. And um like but I mean a, you're there for 40 minutes. So mm. oh 40 so minutes. Like you're in there for 40 minutes? Yeah, they I think you they say you want to do it for 40 minutes for uh for health benefits. Um and I mean I feel great after that. There's whoa um yeah, there's like a I think there was a study done that said like people who did uh sauna for 40 minutes once a week like lived x amount of years longer hmm. something like that but so what do you do in the sauna do you like taking some earphones or something or um they actually have tvs you could watch tv you could watch like netflix really so, yeah it's it's kind of cool um i would usually start watching something and then i would kind of lay down fall asleep or try to like meditate oh you um, fall asleep in there well i would say i actually fall asleep but i you like rest like close my eyes oh i hear you okay yeah I was just like, Jesus, how can you sleep in there? <laughs> wow. Dude, man. So then um, so then you get to watch Netflix. Is it like inside the sauna? It's uh it's right outside. So there's a room you uh-huh. go into, the sauna's there, and then you can like turn the TV on, change, and then you go on the sauna, you close the sauna door. Mm-hmm. So the TV's like right outside, but like each room has a TV. So you could watch TV and there's like the glass door of the sauna mm. like in between you. And is it it, it, you have the room all to yourself is that how that works they have, they have couples uh ones as well huh. my wife was going we we've never done it together at the same like in the same booth but uh-huh. they have that option i believe and uh, maybe I mean, two people could sit in yeah in one dude i, I really would like one just in general, just to put it down here someplace. You should get one and then invite me over to uh, use it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah, you can come over. I'll help you install it. There you go. Yeah, fuck yeah. Dude, yeah. That'd be awesome. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We could get a roll in and then uh, do the, the cryo tub. Yeah. Do the sauna, <laughs> do the sauna yeah. <laughs> Have our own little gym here. Uh-huh. A little man cave. No. That, that'd be badass, dude. Yeah, I mean, if I ever do that, hell yeah, I'll invite you. You can come okay. over, yeah. So, um... It's like 12.42, man. You running out of time? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Chris, man. And I appreciate you coming on and talking about getting that black belt. Yeah, man. Something that so much of us, so many of us want really bad. <laughs> uh, I know I got years still to go, but, you know, it's. I'm glad that you're, that you're having so much success with your businesses and that you opened a jujitsu school. I think that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, nice, so congratulations on all that. And I wish you more. Thank you, dude. All right. Appreciate it. Well, this is Edgar Otra vez. Thank you for listening to the Flow Road Podcast and my guest, Chris Kubiak. We will catch you next time. Later, everybody. The music you're listening to is titled The Winner by Tape Machines. You can find that over at Epidemic Sound. Now, for those of you who are content creators like myself, Epidemic Sound provides royalty-free music for a low monthly cost. Make sure you check them out. They have the dopest music. They have hip-hop. They have reggaeton. They have rock music. They have pop music. They have it all. So make sure you check it out. And when you do, make sure you click that referral link in the description. Another partner that I want to bring up is Titan Fitness. If you're looking to outfit your gym with some dope, reliable equipment, make sure you check out Titan Fitness. They have the best fitness equipment. I got the T2 rack. I think it's dope. 
I love it. My favorite thing about Titan is they have a short rack that I can slide into the basement. It fits perfectly and it meets all my needs. So if you decide you want to go over to Titan Fitness, make sure you hit that referral link in the description. So yes, it was great having Chris on today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation, man. It was super informative. I really like that conversation we're having about getting ready for competition. Because you see a lot of guys, they like, you know, they do the pummeling and they do some, you know, shooting plays and just practicing their takedowns, all that stuff. His advice makes a lot of sense to me. And it's something to think about next time you go to compete. Now, if you're looking for a personal trainer, I highly recommend Chris. He's a great trainer. Make sure you check him out. You can go to hustlefitness.com. There you'll be able to find the address for both of his locations, one in Willowbrook and the other one in Chicago. And also, if you're in the market for a jiu-jitsu gym and you want to look up Molinero Jiu-Jitsu, you can go to MolineroJiu-Jitsu.com. Don't worry, I'm going to put all those links in the description so you can find that and his social media links as well. Now, if you want to find out more about the show, you can go to TheFlowRealPodcast.com or you can follow me on Instagram under the name Egro Traves or you can follow the show under the name The Flow Roll. Now, if you like this episode, make sure you like, subscribe, and comment wherever you get your podcast at and on social media as well and press all the buttons that make the podcast God's happy. Thank you so much for listening. This is Edgar Otra Vez. We'll catch you next time. Behave yourselves. Laters. Laters.